Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are locked on bucks. Your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, presented to you by BrewHoop.com and also brought to you by BetDSI.com. They've been in the business for over 20 years. They're a top-rated business. They're safe. You can get all your bets there. And, of course, we have a promo code for you. That's Bucks10, B-U-C-K-S-10, and that'll get you a free wager today, and you can start winning. But let's get into our Bucks conversation. Obviously, yesterday we talked a little bit about the Bucks' loss to the Charlotte Hornets in Milwaukee in their season opener, 107-96. Before that game, uh, Frank and I were actually able to record in person, which is insane uh, because that never really happens. But we were able to get together before the game and record. And since we just wanted to use Skype, we gave Jonathan Charks, NBA writer at The Ringer, a call. And he was kind enough to talk to us a little bit. And at The Ringer, he wrote... The article, the Bucks are reliably interesting, but when will they be consistently good? And kind of broke down the Bucks' season, things to keep an eye on, things that are interesting, and we wanted to talk to him about it. So that's exactly what we did on Thursday. We brought him in, we talked to him about it, and here's our conversation. We really hope you enjoy it. So, Jonathan, obviously the Bucks' hopes of, of ever contending uh, are, are really strongly correlated with, with however... Giannis and Jabari develop and um you know the assumption I think on from a roster construction standpoint is that they have to become really 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 good uh for this team to really go anywhere in the in the big picture so I mean looking at those two guys you wrote a, a fair bit about them and and their usage and um you know Giannis at the point and and Jabari needing to obviously what what he needs to do to become a really more valuable player but um give us kind of a general sense on sort of what you see in those two guys and um you know both longer term and maybe what we can look from from them this season well I mean I think Jonas at this point he's clearly one of the most like interesting young prospects in the league just from his ability all the things he can do on a basketball court it's pretty unique like I'm how many other guys are seven feet tall can conceivably defend all five positions can run an offense and I, what I was really impressed breaking down the film of him like this last few weeks or so was that floater he's developed like with that shot he doesn't even really need a complete three-point shot with that floater so he can always pull up on the drive and just take it over top of somebody. So I think that's going to be that's maybe the weapon for him going forward. And I think he's pretty locked in, like he's the guy. Everything else in Milwaukee is going to be built around Jonas going forward. It's just Jabari's the real question. Like what exactly? How good can he be on offense? Because it seems like his ceiling on defense is pretty low. So it's like how much can they maximize him on offense? where it makes sense for the team where he's your second best player with Giannis and Jabari I think we've always kind of seen it as Giannis is maybe more the playmaker and Jabari is just a guy that fills it up do you think that gets complicated at all if Giannis is kind of the guy in Milwaukee do you think that makes things more difficult um not really because you can also always stagger their minutes I would assume you'll see that more this year 
So you'd always have one of those two guys on the floor. Though I don't know, how much does Kid like staggering? Or does he like to have his kind of his three or four main guys play together? He wasn't bad at it last year. Um, I, he did a lot with Middleton and Giannis rather than Middleton and Jabari, uh, mainly because Middleton could kind of handle those second unit yeah. minutes. Um, but he, he doesn't seem to have a problem with it. So yeah, I think you're probably right in saying that we should expect some of that this year. And then with, with Jabari, it's like filling it up is, I mean, that's obviously really useful. But if you're filling it up, but you're not shooting threes or getting to the line or making plays for anybody else, it's you've got to fill it up at a really, really, really high rate to be like a high-level player. And that's my question with him. It's like, is he going to be a guy where you just run plays for him and he takes a bunch of like 15-foot jumpers or 8-foot floaters and doesn't have the extra element to his offensive game? I think that's probably the biggest question about this season is can he expand his offensive game a little bit? With Jabari, I think one thing that we've kind of found interesting is that he's so explosive and always attacks the rim, but somehow still manages to avoid contact. Uh, and and it, it doesn't seem to add up, really, that you could be so explosive and attack the rim that way and not go to the free throw line more. Is that something you think a player can develop? Like, can he figure out a way to get to the line more? It reminds me a bit of Derrick Rose. I was watching him last night in that Knicks he gets to the rim constantly, but somehow he's just always not generating fouls. Like he's taking a bunch of shots right at the rim. He's never getting to the line. And I was talking on Twitter about it, and some folks were saying, well, he's always – he's just trying to avoid getting injured. But others are saying he's always been a guy who doesn't get to the line too much. But it's, he went from like six free throw attempts a couple of years ago to like two or three since the injuries. And I don't know. I mean – at some level, I think that's probably instinctual. You'd have to look at this, break it down like a regression maybe and see. So I feel like maybe more is a three-point shot. Like he'll should be get a little more free throws, but maybe it's more, can he become a good three-point shooter? And I don't know. I mean, he shot threes reasonably well at Duke, but it seems like he's much more comfortable at 20 feet than at 24, 25. Yeah, I think my, my assumption has always been that Jabari is probably a, a much better bet to to develop that that stretched out game to the three point line than than Giannis, for instance, just because Jabari, from a pedigree standpoint, just he's always been a scorer shooter. You know, like you said, he shot threes in high school, shot threes in college. Um, you know, he's a good free throw shooter, etc. So I think that'll be interesting to watch. Frank, it's also interesting to watch all of the lines on BetDSI.com. Do you love basketball? Are you ready to get into the action? Check out BetDSI.com. They've been in the business for over 20 years. They're top rated. They're safe. I play there. Frank plays there. And all you got to do is just go to BetDSI.com. Check out their their basketball special right now. Sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. So you get to take a look at everything basketball. And as you're watching games, you see lines fill in. They update as it's going on you can put a bet on something at halftime i mean some of these nba nights where you just have so many games like this friday night for example there's going to be a bunch of games there'll be a million lines that you can bet on you'll have action literally all night long and the great thing about bet dsi is that they're offering a 100 bonus on your first deposit they have great customer service and there's fast and easy payment of your winnings again you can play virtually everything at betdsi.com the the number of bets that you can find there is just ridiculous so go check it out that's betdsi.com go there now and use the promo code bucks 10 that's b-u-c-k-s 10 bucks 10 to get your free wager and start winning today frank 
Jonathan, let's get back into it. I think one, you know, if Giannis and Jabari are obviously the the upside and the fun of the Bucks. Obviously, the downside was seeing Chris Middleton get hurt. Um, and they've been left in this weird position. You know, they trade for Tony Snell. Uh, they basically gave Rashad Vaughn every opportunity right at the start of camp to try to show he can play at an NBA level. Um, and he got hurt and played very poorly when he did in the preseason. Um, Malcolm Brogdon has come and played a ton of minutes. I mean, any of those guys that kind of jump out to you as guys who, you know, and Brogdon may be more of a point guard at this point, but any of those guys jump out at you as, as guys that you could see being long-term pieces for the Bucks. I think with Snell, what might help is like making the game really, really simple for him. And that's where playing with Jonas could be a big help for him. Just like, hey man, guard your position and just spot up, and we're just gonna feed you open shots. Don't do too much thinking out there. Don't too much. Don't do too much like complicated stuff. But just really simplify the game for him. Because seemed like in Chicago, he didn't really have a great feel for everything else. He could shoot a little bit, he could run around, he had long arms, but the more complicated advanced stuff was kind of beyond him. So that is something to watch, I think. Maybe he can be like Jonas's caddy and like just ride around with Jonas all season. Just live off that, you know. And Vaughn, I didn't get a like I usually watch these guys a ton in college, and then I'll catch up with them in the NBA. Because I never want to take too much away from a player's rookie season, especially how young players are these days, and what a big jump that is going from college to the NBA. What makes Vaughn tough is he barely played at UNLV. He hurt his knee after like 10 or 11 games. And even when he came back, he really wasn't 100%. So it seemed like with the Bucks drafting him, they were drafting him on very little track record. I mean, almost nothing. And he wasn't really, I think he was kind of seen as a stretch streak, as a reach at the time. I don't really remember anymore. But he just wasn't a lot on his track record. Now, obviously, he gets to the league and does nothing as a rookie. So, I mean, I think the rep of him was as a shooter, an offensive guy. He's not a great athlete, obviously. So I don't know with him. I wish I could I wish I could be more confident about what he could do. Brogdon was a really good player in college. He was one of those guys who stayed four years. He really kind of developed himself as a player. He was a 40-50-90 guy his last year at Virginia, two-time defensive player of the year. He's not super fast, but he's really strong and thick, and he's a pretty smart positional defender. I could see him kind of being like, I mean, not the same kind of player, but like a Dudley type. He'll just fill in the cracks everywhere. I think he'll have a long career in the league because he can think the game, and he's got a pretty diverse skill set. I feel like he's probably the safest, but also the most developed player coming out of college, whereas Snell and Vaughn are more sweet roll of the dice, and they don't, they've come up empty so far. I guess it, in that, we didn't really hear many answers as solid options at the shooting guard position. Uh, so as you continue to look forward, if you're Jason Kidd, do you try to think of uh, the last two preseason games and maybe tonight in the opener, he might take a look at starting Mirza Toledovic in one of those spots. So they'll go Deli, Toledovic, Giannis, Jabari, and Plumley. Is that something that you think could work consistently, or are there going to be problems defensively or rebounding? or I, How do you see that going forward? I mean, there's going to be problems defensively with that unit. That's for sure. With, if you're going to play Mirza and Jabari, the three and the four, like, there's just going to be – I mean, and you, have, you don't have really have a rim protector behind them. But I could see it being like, let's just be good. Maybe it's like we got to find our identity right now. With, without Middleton, we're going to have to give up something, either our defense or our shooting. So let's just find something that works for now and build off that as a strength of our team, as opposed to kind of getting into the weeds of finding the right mix. 
because maybe there isn't the right mix with this unit. Maybe you're going to say, we're going to run pick and roll with Plumlee and Jonas. Tell out of it's in Delhi, you're going to spread the floor. We're going to score a lot of points. Or maybe you go the other way and say, we're going to play a lot of athletes and win with defense. My gut is telling me they're going to want to score more with this team, especially with Jonas and Jabari, trying to maximize their game at this point in their careers. So I could see it. I could see it's just hard to see them being good at both, and so they have to make a decision, I think. I think one of the interesting things, you know, you mentioned, do you play athletes? Do you try to get more skill out there with shooting? Uh, and I know Eric and I were going back and forth at one point. We were asking ourselves, what is the Bucks' best defensive lineup? And <laughs> it's pretty tough because uh, obviously you want to get Jabari on the court as much as possible, but he's never going to be part of a best defensive lineup. Um, Toledovich obviously is not what you would describe as a strong defender. Uh, you know, at, at center you've got Henson, but he's – a rim protector, not necessarily a great all-around defender. Um, and an interesting player that we were kind of throwing around and saying, well, maybe does, does this guy have to fit in there somewhere is Thon Maker, who obviously is a rookie, um, making a huge leap from you know the preps to to the NBA. Uh, and you mentioned him in your article as, as maybe the most intriguing player on the roster given his, his length and I guess also just some of the question marks about sort of everything about him and, and how good he's going to be. Um, and and also just how important it is from from a you know team building perspective. Obviously, they he needs to be a pretty good player, um, you know, for this team. Just given how how little option they're probably going to have in terms of adding big free agents. Um, what what kind of do you see from Thon Maker? You know, we've obviously you know unless unless you were doing bootleg streams of Bucks preseason games, you probably uh, pretty much just operating on his high school tenure and and what you saw in Vegas. Um, but like, how do you kind of see him fitting into the Bucks sort of grand plan? And um, do you think he makes sense there, or, or what do you kind of see from him? Well, I mean, I think the hypothetical, like what he could be, definitely makes sense. Like if he can pan out, he really kind of answers a lot of questions for them. He gives them the stretch big and the shot blocking. And it's from what I saw in Vegas. He's very, he moves pretty well. He's very active. I would think the biggest thing for him this year is kind of like what I said with Snell, with these younger guys, make the game really simple for him. A lot of time with these, like, these really talented seven-footers, they can kind of do everything a little bit. It's like, make sure you have some strengths first and build your game off those strengths. And then down the road, add to that be a more diverse player like for him i think this year keep it like run run into the rim blocking shots rebounding and don't ask him to do too much when he hasn't really mastered any one thing yet I, i think the talent's there it's just a matter of bringing along slowly which goes back to is this team really going to be good this year or is this more of a long-term plan without middleton now it's interesting you said maybe develop something, find some strengths first, because that's been pretty much the approach Jason Kidd has taken with Giannis and with Jabari that, all right, we're going to limit them from the three-point line and maybe some of these other things, and we're going to have them focus on attacking the rim and making simple reads. Is is that something, I guess there's some Bucks fans that don't like that a lot because it, they think maybe that takes away too much confidence from a player that I was told as a rookie to limit my game in this way and going forward, I don't have as much confidence in that. Is that something you find in players as they try to develop or is that a logical way to go about developing players at the NBA level? I mean, it's tough because you never want to have, like, you can't ever have too hard and fast rules about these kind of things. It just, I think a lot of it too is with the younger players. So Jonas came out of came out of what a junior league in Greece. Jabari played one year at Duke. Thon, we know is I mean, who knows where he's been coming from? Who knows how old he is, right? Right. So it's it's just a matter of don't 
I think it's like don't put too much on their plate right away. I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense is don't overload them and like build them along slowly. But a lot of it too is how important are they to the plan, the long-term plan? Or is it like can you play right away and if not, they're going to move on from you immediately? So it's really – I really think – I mean not to get – I think too – it's kind of a case-by-case thing. There's no right – necessarily right or wrong way. It's each, each player – what does he bring to the floor? What is his? What's the long-term plan for him? Obviously, last year, um, a, a lot of people thought the Bucks were going to take another step forward, and you know, winning 33 games. I mean, I, I don't think Eric and I, I mean Eric and I were taking the under on some of the predictions last year, but I don't think you know either of us thought they were going to win 33. Um, that obviously fell short of pretty much anyone's expectations. Um, and obviously, the hard part this year is you, you, normally you would want to, to certainly build on that, but then you lose Chris Middleton. So, I mean, now that you've had a chance to kind of look at this team and, and think about how it fits, I mean, what do you think is sort of a proper set of expectations for this this season? Um, you know, both in terms of one wins and losses, as well as terms of um, you know the development. Obviously, that that seems to be a, a big theme both for you know Giannis Jabari, but also some of these other guys. Yeah, to me, that's probably the more important thing versus like a strict wins high wins low losses like a floor ceiling it's just how many guys can you believe in going forward or like how much can we add for a younger team it's how much can we add to these players who's part of our core so you've got jabari and Jonas, and you've got middle 20 comes back but can you count on brogdon or vaughn or snell and like what does thon show year one who's the big man to me it's more like can you who do you have as the core going forward versus I don't think they have to make the playoffs this year. I don't think it's that big a deal, especially after Middleton went down. So to me, it's just more you've got you have your main piece. Jonas is the point guard. You've got Jabari as the slasher scorer type. Can, can you find roles for everybody else? And can you who do you, who can you count on going forward? That to me is a big. It should be the biggest thing this year. It's just finding guys who fit in different places. I guess. Uh... Trying to, t- to look at likely outcomes for the season. I know everyone on our side at Brew Hoop and anyone that listens to us on Lockdown uh, is always wondering how many wins you got them at. That, what, what, give me a prediction. Give me a number. Um, wh- it seems likely that they're under 500, or, or at least to us it does. What, what do you think of their future? Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to see. I was really contemplating like making a playoff team before our training camp when they had Middleton. And going like Jabari, Jonas, Middleton, Delhi, center. But just losing him, it's just – I was like – I didn't quite realize this was in the research. He was the most valuable player last season for the Bucks in terms he of was. net rating. Yeah. And so just losing that piece, it just – that was just so devastating. And for so much to playoffs, just who's going to stay healthy and who's not, especially for these bottom three or four seeds. And so the Bucks are now way behind the curve against all their competition. They've lost one of their top two – Right, top two players yeah. out for the season, basically. So I, to me, 30-35 probably. I could see them being closer to the bottom of the pack in the East than the top. Because all those, I think, coming in training camp from 6 to 13, there wasn't a huge separation. So it was who's going to be healthy and who's not. And now the Bucks are obviously not going to be one of the healthier teams. So given that potential downside, obviously, um, you know, potentially not seeing, obviously, that big jump in the record, this is a, a very interesting year in terms of the draft because on the one hand you have what you know and again I, I'm, I don't really know the prospects that well this year um, but obviously the the talk is that this is a very deep draft and you know has has a lot of top end talent uh, in the lottery uh, and then on the flip side you know with 
teams that normally might have been tanking maybe having less incentive to do so a team like the nets obviously doesn't have their pick a team like the lakers um potentially going to lose their pick um the sixers potentially trying to actually win some games uh is it kind of a season where maybe uh you know the silver lining on a struggling year is that you know in three or four years we may look back and say um you know maybe maybe it actually worked out pretty well if the bucks don't <laughs> if the bucks don't break through and they do end up with let's say you know something in the vicinity of 30 to 35 wins and get you know whatever it is a top 6 or 7 pick i mean would you view it from that perspective if you're a Bucks fan? I guess not not to be fishing for, for silver linings too badly, but um, is it, you know, to do all those things kind of make you think that maybe that might actually be a positive for this team? Yeah, because down the road, if you if you look at, okay, our core is going to be uh, Jonas Jabari Middleton. If you can develop Thon this year and know, okay, he's going to turn into at least a, a decent NBA center, and then you can add one more wing you got the potential to be like the longest team in the league by a significant margin. If you get someone like, I mean, the guy everyone's talking about right now is Markel Fultz. He's a 6'4", combo guard, three-point shooter, point guard, really, really all-around player. But maybe someone like Josh Jackson, someone like Jonathan Isaac. If you can get a guy like that, you'd have easily the longest team in the league. That'd be something down the road very interesting. All right, Jonathan, thanks for dealing with us for this uh, podcast and answering some questions for us. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully you've had a good time too. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, guys. Again, that was Jonathan Charks from The Ringer. He writes about the NBA there. He's also very into draft prospects. So maybe we'll have him on a little bit later in the year if things go kind of the way uh, we see them going. And maybe he'll be able to enlighten us on some of the lottery prospects once we get to the end of the year. But we're not there yet. Anyways, hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with him. I know we enjoyed it and got some really good stuff there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. A reminder, we were brought to you today by BetDSI.com. Again, the promo code at BetDSI.com is B-U-C-K-S-10. Again, that's Bucks10. And you can check it out, put in the promo code, and get your free wager and start winning today. So you can go ahead and do that. And also, if you want... We're always looking for reviews. We're always looking for more subscribers. We're always looking for more listeners. So be sure to go out and let some other people know, hey, Lockdown Bucks is great. I listen to it every day. And if you're a Bucks fan, you should do the same. So be sure to let other people know. And if you're ever curious about what else is going on in the NBA, obviously the Bucks have a game against the Nets on Saturday. If you're curious about a preview for the Nets, go check out Lockdown Nets. They will let you know. <laughs> they do a great job over there. They'll let you know exactly what's going on. And just make sure you go ahead and do that. Check out the entire Lockdown Network. And, yeah, that should be it. We will see you after the weekend. We'll see you after that Nets game. And we'll talk to you about that game on Monday. Talk to you later.